Hi everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. I remain your girl Handmark and let's get there. So last time we spoke and we we're talking about a lot of things concerning the deterrence of purpose. But you see, I I think um today I'd like to talk to the religious sets. And majorly because I think that there's a lot of work that we do for God without the work that brings the experiential knowledge of um what we're talking about into the work we do. Good. So we have a mindset the average African has the mindset that with prayer everything is possible and i don't doubt the fact that with prayer all it's possible but i think i want to puncture little holes in that theology which is that and i want to use the story of the uh, talents that i read in the bible and if you don't know the story you should try reading your bible sometime you maybe you'll get it and for those of us who are completely not necessarily from the christian background it wouldn't hurt to actually just find out about it you can just check it online and you understand what i'm it's a story and it's that's a story i want to use today and it's a story about the master and his servants while he was traveling he left each of them a few talents the first one he gave 5 talents the second person he gave 2 talents and the last person he gave 1 talent so they were to go and work with it while he left he left and went back on his return he asked called them all summoned his servants back his and asked them what they have done with the talents the first one with the 5 talents who was given the 5 talents had been productive enough to generate five more talents which meant that he presented 10 talents before his master and the master was super elated the second person came and who was given two talents had also gone and been productive and now presented four talents in in his honor and the master was super elated too and congratulated him so the third person who had the one talent I was asked what did you do with the talent and his response was uh he knew that he was a very wicked person and uh, he was going to come and place a demand for it so he went and hid his money for him somewhere where when he comes he would pick the talent and give him back so he doesn't want to have problem with him so his talent are waiting for him so he was asked to go and bring it he went and dug the ground brought it out and presented it's to the master and the master was so offended and he said was very offended that he cast him out from his presence and told him to go and burn and all that now using that story especially to puncture holes into the religious set meaning that if at all i understand that story is a story of productivity the productivity that god expects he has already given you the raw material you go to the market you buy rice but somehow you find a way of cooking it I don't simply because I buy raw rice doesn't mean I get to pray for rice to become cooked to become jollof rice to become fried rice no I still cook it the capacity to cook provision is made by god but then the capacity to cook it it was you have to bring and is what is on your inside and he will not give you rice if you do not know that you are going to be able to cook rice by virtue of the training that I train my children I expect that they should be able to cook so when I say what are we going to cook today we're going to cook rice I don't ask my 2 year olds my 3 year olds to cook rice no I ask the older ones to cook rice because by now I expect that they already know how to cook rice the master had already given them t- talent gave them the money talents which is 
equivalent to money then. He gave it to them. But he was confident that he had already trained, ingrained on them. There were basic skills and characteristics that he had already ingrained on the inside of them that should be able to turn that money into something more productive. So five became 10, two became four, one became nothing. And that's what we're talking about in this purpose series. What you do with what he has given you, not trusting God that he has given you the talents, he has given you that, and then he should still come and walk it and make it productive for you again. Prayer is very important, but prayer is into finding direction. But the work has to be done by you. Even if you feel that you are called to for, into prayer, the question is, while you pray, how do you eat? Hmm. So, while you pray, what do you do? What would God have you do? So I'm assuming that since prayer is a conversation that you're supposed to be having with your creator, whoever he is to you, it's supposed to be a conversation. So at that place of conversation, you're supposed to be able to hear him back too. But you see, even as religious people, even as Christians that we claim to be, most of the times our prayers are monologues. We tell God what we want to do. We're not necessarily hearing from him, hearing feedback to know what he would have us do to be able to attain the height that which of which we are supposed to attain to be able to develop the muzzle to be able to contain that which we want so if i then have been given five talents what kind of work then do i do so if you're to read it in today's context it means that what i am willing to fund your proposal write the proposal and bring it giving me a actualized uh, plans that can actually be actualized and how you're going to actualize them a proposal and then I give you a takeoff grant and then you're supposed to go forth and start it. And eventually we'll take off from there to see how viable your proposal was. He got five. He got to work and was able to make it 10. He got two, got to work and was able to make it four. And even when the one with one didn't do anything, it was said in recorded in the Bible then that it was taken back from him. And then it was added to the person with 10 making it now 11 why couldn't they give the one with two who made it four mostly the productivity uh co coefficient there which means that what the person with the five who became 10 was far more did more work so we have this adage that says to whom much is given much is expected right good which means that much is given much is expected much is given, much is expected. So it's that if this is all that you have been placed on the inside of you, much is, is, is what is expected from you is much more productivity. You have a title of a book. You've not brought out the table of contents. You've not tried to bring it out, began writing to even know whether the thought process will flow. You've not even started less alone to even know whether you are going to have a writer's block at some point. But you're already waiting for money to publish. The, if only you had some money now. You will buy a laptop. You will do this, you do this. No. How about getting a book? What you have that is not going to cost you? A biro and a book. And actually write it. That without a laptop, you can actually write a book. Which means you can actually go to a business center. With less money than it will take for you to buy a laptop. You can actually complete and buy a flash and copy it. And you're able to take it to anybody who to proofread it for you. Do all of that and see God not show up for you. And let's assume that you strongly believe in prayer. While you're doing all of that, you believe that God will not bring open doors for you. 
Which means that what? Our pro the lack of productivity, the counter uh, agent of productivity is laziness. It's not the lack of money that gets you not doing what you're doing. It's a, it's a lack of discipline, which is showing a character flaw. And the character flaw we're talking about here is laziness. Your inability to generate is a function of perspective. And unfortunately, it's a mental block, but which stemmed from a character flaw, which is still laziness. You rather sit and chat than to actually write something. If you think you have obtained something, let's say even in scripturally, God is teaching you something, you're talking to God and God is teaching you something. How about write it to answer to help another person? Put it in writing. Okay, I can't publish. Maybe you can do ebooks. There are different websites that today that are actually hosting a lot of different stories that are generating a lot of traffic that are beginning to generate income for people without going full-blown publishing route to have a hard copy. And they are all viable options. What have you done that you're waiting for the next step? The, the, the publishing part is the final stage. How many people have you given to read it for you to see whether they have thought or they understand your flow of thought? Is it making sense? Because sometimes it's one thing for you to write it and think it's very powerful. It's another person to read it to actually get the message, which means that you could have actually just given some a trusted friend who could critique. And all of that, has it started costing you yet? No. I believe that hey, God gave you mouth. Is it to be making noise and be arguing on the street or better yet, you could actually do spoken word and it could be recorded. On Father's Day, I was in church. Uh, at my church and a, a, a particular guy i don't remember his name exactly but came and gave a spoken word concerning fathers and how, what he understood by fatherhood and by his understanding of the fatherhood of god to him has now made him understand what father what the expectation of fatherhood is and he wrote a very lovely piece and he presented it and it was so beautiful Remember last time I was talking about the fact that I met somebody who actually wrote a poem that was sold for 1.5 million naira. You'd see, when you begin to see people are writing beautiful pieces and he's presenting it in church, why? Developing his craft, getting the feel from people and all of that. You want to start and immediately you'll be taken in, in, in CNN should recognize you spheres of influence you start with the small people that tomorrow when they are looking for somebody to speak or they're doing a program in church they can bring you they're doing a, a potluck outside anywhere a picnic somewhere and you can come and present developing your skill developing your confidence developing your craft that is why we have a lot of musicians that never blow because when they rap they'll tell you they're rappy they are rappers and they, you realize that they're actually rappers that people tie they are not necessarily skilled ones because they never really take off when they start telling you what they are doing and they start, let me hear your rap and they start speaking, you wonder whether they went to school. Putting words together that just rhyme and that's you. But lack of skill. Develop your skill. I think I can write. Develop it. Start writing things. I was reading about writing because as I'm talking about this writing, guess what? It's something I'm already doing on my own part. I was reading about writing that day and I took some books and I was reading about writing and, and one of the things that was consistent in what almost everything that every material I got was telling me about writing was that you just write. Make sure you write something daily. Make sure you're writing. Even if it's a list, a grocery, just keep writing. You're improving at some point in your time. You just keep writing and keep writing. Don't stop writing. Explore, research, but keep writing. It was not categorical that you need to own a tablet before you write. You want to be more comfortable to lie down. No, you've not gotten there to the place of comfort. Let the your craft generate the re, re, uh, revenue or the 
income that gets you to the place of comfort while writing but in the meantime if you have a biro and a jota which you can get at any wedding souvenir if you're an african man or african lady and you can get a jota at every wedding souvenir go write get one and start writing and give somebody to prove it you have friends even if you don't you can't go and pay for professional editing you have friends write guess what you want to sing write the song you have an idea a proposal write you have a business plan, write it down. Begin to see it and begin to conceptualize everything that you want to do. Get a holistic, a bigger picture. What are you going to, what do I have to offer that is different? I want to start a shop. Why have other shops failed? Why is this one thriving? What do I need to learn? Go and be apprentice. Volunteer in places that have what you're looking for. I'm looking for money to start a school. What do you know about a school? because you read education in the university what do you know about running a school you're trusting god for money to do this if only money comes now we have plenty ideas already if only money comes now that i'll get to work and i'll start doing this i'll start doing that i'll start doing this i'll start doing that what have you done that will necessitate money to come let's assume that you're not even a christian that you what you put into the university comes back to you what have you put so the reason you're poor is a function of redundancy the reason you're poor is the lackadaisical attitude that you have that is is deterring you from actually becoming the wealthy specimen you think you're supposed to be the life you deserve the lack of discipline to pursue the and the tenacity to pursue the kind of life you think you deserve productivity my challenge to us today is productivity what do you have in your hands and guess what? In this generation, there are a lot of tools we have there that we can explore that we're not even exploring them. And that's something I'm actually learning on my own part. A lot of tools that you can do a lot of things with that we're not even exploring them. So the only thing you use your WhatsApp to do is to chat and discuss nonsense. What other people are doing are gaining money from? The only thing you'd go on Instagram to do is to be able to see new fashion brands, what this person said, what this person did not say, this person, you are, did you hear of the beef of this person? Did you hear this one and this one? Did you hear this one and this one? That's what you're doing and then you're sharing it. Guess what? Enriching further, enriching the people that are actually hosting those uh, platforms. Every day, you're only giving, you, you spend money. There's no way that money is coming in. I met a lady, that was sometime last week, I met a lady who is living on the generosity of her parents and a lot of other people around her. But uh, all the money that was gathered for her to go back to school and do everything, she made sure that out of it she went and she bought a weave on and was trying to get do a cap. And after which she went to do dreadlocks on her hair and she was going to fix it on her hair. And uh, she was looking for who to come and do installation for her. You don't have money. The lifestyles we pick for ourselves cost us daily I'm not saying you should be contented with what you have. No, that's not just it. Even though that's actually a virtue. But I'm saying that at this level, you should be investing in yourself. Even if it's in yourself, let it be that hey, I need this cap to go because I'm going for a public appearance. That you're getting paid for. Or at least you're getting known for something. I'm investing in myself. I am becoming the brand. Okay, now that's different. Not I want just want to look this. I saw this particular we want somewhere. I want to do this. I want to do this. So you become vain. You're fickle. So you're the ones the description refers to fickle-minded. The whole concept of the Total Woman podcast was to be able to wake women up from their slumber and their belief system that has further just morally bankrupt us. 
So we have women going out there to live lifestyles that are not necessarily theirs, foiled by what you see on Instagram and on Facebook and on all those other social media platforms. So you're trying to compete to live up to standard. This is what is trending. This is not what is trending. So we have women who have decided to reduce themselves to only what they wear or what what would the, the kind of men they have, the kind of things attachment, not what they have on their inside, what value they add. So women without value system, women without um moral scruples on doing anything or just anything to be able to obtain what they want so we have men having to marry those type of women or having to date those type of women which the same pressure is put on the man to be able to keep up that lifestyle so we have men losing focus and that is all so basically you're absolutely spending your life doing absolutely nothing it does nothing for you either just amassing things that are not necessary to what will you remember remembered for the whole concept of purpose is that you're building legacies, things that actually change. You're known for impact. That I want to, if today I'm dead, let I, let handmark be remembered for something tangible, not how look. God, she can sew dress. She used to wear designer clothes. Seriously, a life of impact. I've been called to be a pastor. Then okay, then what? I'm looking to. I've been uh, applying to other churches. How about start yours? How about your pulpit is not necessarily being a pastor doesn't mean that your pulpit is in a church. Because guess what? This is my pulpit. You're listening to me from my pulpit. The stereotype that religion provides, the stereotype that uh, society provides, the stereotype that culture provides, that we're unable to break free from. So we keep continuing the same circles that are not necessarily bringing us into productivity, but limiting our minds, maintaining that narrow-minded narrative. Instead of having the growth mindset, you're only accepting to the fact that and, 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 and further enabling the fact that you have arrived. You have arrived where people that have arrived are dead. Meet media moguls. They are grinding hard on a daily basis. Meet music moguls. They are grinding hard on a daily basis. You who don't have anything, you're, you're lying down and waiting and calculating millions. My today's podcast is majorly to the religious set, to the boy who has accepted mediocrity, to the girl who has accepted mediocrity, to the mother who is enabling mediocrity, to the father who is enabling mediocrity and propagating uh, religious perspectives that lim further limit and maintain and enable mediocrity. You're who I'm talking to today. The reason why we have doctors that are not even passionate about lives, that you're not careful, you're careful to go to this hospital because you're not sure of the kind of doctors are obtainable there. You're careful to go because they went there not for the right reasons. They just, they, that was not the call on their life. That was not the purpose for their creation. So they just decided to go to school and the best, next best thing was to become a doctor so that you have money. And I'm saying that passionately because I know of somebody who just died because the doctor on call refused to stay in the hospital went home and said he cannot come that night he's tired he will come the next day and the person died father of two was struggling that night because he was on oxygen was struggling that night till he died there was no doctor to help in a prestigious hospital why the doctor has no empathy for human life why he does not derive joy from work he's doing why he lacks fulfillment so it's just calculating the cost and the money and that's all his com comfort his convenience the cost and the cost of living and the money he tends to benefit and he doesn't see that he could possibly go out of his way to do that i met up another doctor that's two extremes 
who was leaving the hospital and then a particular patient was being brought in. He had already finished and he was leaving, but he was an expert in a particular field and the person who was being brought, so they called him on phone and he said, however, you've not left. Said, yeah, the rain just stopped him. He's at the car lot. And they took the patient to come and meet him and said, maybe they could give them a date to come back. And he said, what is it? Where's the patient? And he saw, he literally saw them at the car park, gave them medications and gave them a date for when they will come and see him for no charge whatsoever. Unknowingly, the man in question who came to see, to get help was actually a very rich and influential man. The people that he thought were the patient relatives were actually security detail of the man. So they just called the people to bring back quickly and they just fetched a chunk of money in the hand and told him, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And dropped him. And he was so shocked. And he was, there's absolutely no need. You can come and see me next time. No, there's no need. But the man was so impressed that there are still these kind of doctors in this town that can still go out of their way to do this without counting the cost because he was passionate about life. Two extremes. One couldn't be bothered. The person died. The other one who couldn't be bothered about money, but money found him. Money pursued him and found him. In your calling, your calling is self-sufficient. That's what I'm saying. So if you're struggling, it's very possible that there's something you're not seeing. Get learned. The story of Daniel, if we look at Daniel chapter 1, the story of Daniel said something there that is profound. He said what? He said, go and the king ordered that the people in captivity should be checked and they should pick few people for him of noble character and the characteristics that of the people that were to be picked that can serve in his palace were one, strong, two, good looking, three, learned in all aspects. You let psychology will not hear what? We in the psychology, we men of the profession, we will not hear what because you read psychology. What other thing do you know apart from psychology? Learned in all aspects of life. The education that was brought, that was supposed to be liberating for the African man, has now is now what has restricted him from doing anything else because he believes that he has attained a particular height by virtue of education, which has robbed us of productivity, basic productivity, your ability to eat food, robbed you so hence we're termed as the we're third world country people are gathering to send money to africa is that really the case so they carry pictures and pedal so even the africans themselves are carrying pictures of africans peddling it as how there's no water there's no this there's no this what happened to productivity you're waiting for money you have not learned the discipline of money you've not what are you even going to give people if i do say take this money now and start a business that is when you start thinking of what business to do you don't even have anything in your mind yet it's a blank do you understand zero your brain is for decoration simply because you have a call of god in your life simply because you feel you have a call of god on your life does not shut down your basic senses you still have what to do you see there are things you can do there are things you can offer Paul was a tent maker. You read the story of Joseph, he was a hard worker. Look at the stories of the people you're holding on to, even scripturally. That's why I said today was for the religious set. The scripture says a little sleep and a little slumber and poverty will pounce on you. It's in the scripture, find it. Proverbs, find it. If a man should not walk, he shall not eat. Even if you feel your calling is prayer, you pray as you're praying for people and they're having breakthrough, they will come and bless you or something. Be productive. So my challenge to us today is productivity. 
And I want to hear people going out and talking about the fact that we are becoming productive. I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And this is it. Guess what? Let's build a community that helps one another. This one is doing this, this one. So if I'm looking for this, I know who to find. If I'm looking for this, I know who to find. If I'm looking for this, I'm looking for. And while we're doing that, we're coming together as a community of people who want to, a community of people who want to do better. Let's change the narrative for Africa. Let's change the narrative for the average African woman. Let's change the narrative for our children. Let's do better. So today is productivity. Let's find initiative for productivity. With these few points of mine, I hope you're very, very convinced that we need to be productive. We need to find initiative and we need to get to work because there's no food for a lazy man. An African proverb too. So get back to us and let's hear feedback from you. What you're doing, how you're going about it, what you've started doing and what you are planning to do. Whichever way, let it be applicable. Break it down to steps that are applicable on a daily basis and that you're growing on a daily basis. Hit us back on our social media platforms on Facebook and on Instagram at the Total Woman Podcast. I remain your girl, Hanmark, signing out. Bye.